Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat, the Fall of Plaguestone. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the petting zoo from hell is finally cleared. Just time for them to go through the bodies, go through the notes, figure out what the heck is going on, finish up while this is Act 2, and start Act 3. Now in the book, it kind of does something strange. It actually says, oh, you're going to go right from Act 2 to Act 3. But I say, that's not really necessary. I think you should really give the players time to stretch their legs and role play and figure out what their characters are doing in the larger world. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to go back to town. You're going to get to hear a little bit more about each character's backstory and how they're changing and developing and exploring their character over time. And I think I can have a lot of fun with that. I feel that's important in any role-playing sandwich, as I like to call it, is that you just don't want to have too much of one thing. I said it before, the Belgaria does an excellent job of this, is that you have one chapter of combat, one chapter of plot development, one chapter of PC development. So you kind of have to mix it up. In Adventure Paths, you have more plot development. But in this adventure, it's a much smaller plot. It does come together really nicely at the end. For those of you celebrating the holidays, I know this is dropping right on Christmas, I believe. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody. And then next week's is going to drop right on New Year's Eve. So you're going to have two holiday episodes, one right after another. So hopefully you're all having a good holiday. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Last we left off, you were fighting an ooze made of blood. And like a swollen pimple, you popped that ooze and exploded blood everywhere, surviving the pen, as it's called. You are all covered in blood, most of it not yours, which is the good thing. The orc that you were facing and chasing is dead on the ground. The dead body of the guy who was tied to this horrible contraption is ripped asunder. And you are standing here dumbfounded, wondering, what shall we do next? Well, I think we need to regroup with Nala. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. Yeah, we, we need to let her know what has transpired here and the fate of whomever this was. We should also try to figure out who this was, I suppose. Tell her next of kin. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. True, though. We also did ignore the room leading in here that seemed like it might have had, like, you know, desks and information. And we, so we should probably search the, the, the antechamber or whatever. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Oh, true, absolutely. Do keep in mind, Nala said she would meet you here in the morning. Hmm. Yeah, let's go uh, pillage everything in that room, see if uh, we can figure out who this person was working for, or were they working alone? Perhaps it wasn't that witch after all. Of course, there was the note that said V. Victor? Victrus? Vildry. Well, I just mean if he was... If he was the V instead of this other person. Instead of Vildry. I don't know. Let's go look. Maybe it'll make sense once we start searching through things. Is there anything in here other than the the kind of the experimental table the ooze came from? Oh, God, yes. Okay, well, we oh, should yes. probably... All right, this is, this is a huge chamber. What is this I'm looking at? It's like 80 by 80. It's a massive chamber with contraptions and notes all over the walls it looks like it was heavily used okay well can we search the body of the dead guy himself the sure sure i didn't know if there was body left after he exploded like that oh no his well there was the, the orc. there was the guy who activated it and the guy on the table i was talking oh about yeah the, the sculptor who... i forgot about the sculptor that's right here's a sculptor which is an orc and he is wearing some nifty-looking goggles. 
he has some tools and almost like a smock around his body. And he's very, very dead on the ground after one of you killed him. I forgot who it was. I don't remember, but I'll take the credit for it. I think he burned to death and you told me I didn't get credit, but I can't remember. That might have been a different orc. You look over his dead body and sure enough, he has these cool looking goggles. He has several elixirs, yet another orc knuckle dagger and studded leather armor. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess we'll cast Detect detect Magic. magic Yeah, see if any of it, uh, well, it won't individually ping, but just see if there's magic in general that I'm unaware of on his person. There is magic. Cool. Um, In that case, uh, Celeste is going to start uh, the process of elimination, putting things behind a wall and taking one thing at a time to use Detect Magic and figure out what thing is magic. I'll help you. You can throw stuff to me and I'll stand by the wall and just set stuff behind the wall. Yep. Speed this up. Sounds good. The goggles are magic. Interesting. Okay, but the other stuff is not? The other stuff is alchemy, so it does not register as magic. Okay. Well, we can always use craft alchemy later to try it out. Maybe those goggles will help our craft alchemy. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I'll try to identify them with occultism. So your cultism is plus seven, I think? Uh, Let me look. Plus five. Okay. Here comes the secret check. Well, you think you did pretty well this time. You're like, oh, I think I actually might know what this is. You believe that these are a rugged piece of metal eyewear patched with square patterns designed to be worn over a single eye. Although it's goggles, it looks like one half of it was magic and the other half was just clear. Perhaps he did that to make it more comfortable. But on the right side, you can twist this little lens and it reveals a faint three-dimensional outline of an object you plan to build or repair. It's a crafter's eyepiece. And while worn, it gives you a plus one bonus to crafting checks. And when you repair an item... It increases the hit points by 15 per, per proficiency rank instead of 10. You also know that this is actually worth a fair amount of money. Mm. Well, if anyone... These might come in handy. I think Prue is our resident crafter, so it's up to her whether we keep it or sell it or whatever. Yeah, By default, yeah. Well, I mean, we should probably at least keep it for as long as we have to deal with alchemy because we could use the plus one when we're trying to identify it but won't prue look completely ridiculous with these goggles half of her face is burned away she doesn't mind looking completely ridiculous and you don't have to wear them all the time okay maybe not all the time but still um yeah like you you put them on and sure enough Things sort of have like this three-dimensional quality to them. When you're looking at the potions and you're looking at items, you can sort of see how they're put together. Now, of course, if anyone else does it, it just googly gunk to them because they are not crafters. They do not know the magic of crafting. Clevians. Mm. Ooh, when I look through it. When you look through it, you just get a headache. So, let's see. There's... Some other elixirs, there's the dagger, and then there's the studded leather armor. The dagger looks like a normal dagger. You have a million of these orc knuckle daggers. The armor is studded leather armor, same as anything else you seem to have. Doesn't seem to be any different. Um, the elixirs, you're not sure. Those you're going to have to spend some time. And there is a total of, let's see, do, 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 nine. Oh, that is going to come in useful. What are the rest of you doing while they are searching this dead body? Searching the rest of the other room. The other room. Yeah, like the uh, there's a room with barrels in it, right? These little circles. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that room appears to be the crafter's laboratory. Laboratory, if you will. And there is a fair amount here. There's obviously some of his 
alchemical equipment. There's beakers, papers, notes. There's a lot here. I'll stack up the notes for uh, the nerds and uh, look through the barrels and other, like, line up the vials by color, you know, like, to see what these are. Like, when they're done in there, they can check them out. Sure. You find in one barrel a small stash of coins. Excellent. You find 18 gold pieces worth of coins. Excellent. Yes, yes. You also have a spider sense. Spidey sense is going off. You mm. see a really nice set of silver scales on the desk. And you're thinking, that looks mighty fine. Like, like dragon scales or weighing scales? They are weighing scales that appear to be made out of pure silver. Oh, boy. Like, I'll, as I'm doing this, I'll peek into the room. There's some pretty nice stuff in here. Some notes for Celeste and some silver alchemical crafting things for Prue. This thing is a very exciting room. Also gold. Yes, gold. In this other room where the dead body exploded, Brixley notices something on the north wall. Okay, what do I notice? And do I need to roll for this, or is it just something I notice? No, you, you noticed it. You you see a old set of delivery instructions pinned to the north wall of this room. Oh, well, all right, I'll read those. Assuming they're in a language I can understand. They are in common, and it has information of instructions on how to get somewhere called Spite's Cradle from Hallage Drop-Off Stump. Uh -huh. Does it say anything about what to what what is at Spite's Cradle or just say how to get there? It just has a set of instructions on how to get to this area. It looks like it's in the hills to the west and fairly far away, but if you use this with your other notes, you might be able to triangulate and figure out exactly where this location is. Oh, that's interesting. Other than that, looking around this room, there are some other small notes. They're written in Orc. They're not a language I think you understand, Brixley, unless you speak Orc. No, I but I'll take, I'll take the... Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, Prue. Maybe this is... My biological father was an Orc. Cool. Well, there's some notes here that are in Orcish. Um, you'll probably have to spend some time going through them, but there's some notes. Other than this map that was written in common and you can see is in a different handwriting, uh, everything else in this room is just horrible. Just covered in liquids, bodily fluids, and, you know, pieces of ooze. Yeah. So with that... What are you going to do? And while you're all ex looking around this area, Cade, who's in the other room, he, he smells smoke. I smell smoke? Yeah, coming from the east. What do you do? I go over there and peek out. Cade's walking over, and sure enough, the one cauldron that was left is bubbling over and is uh, kind of on fire, and the room's a little bit on fire. What do you do? Uh, hey, everybody, the room's on fire. Or about to be, because the cauldron is boiling. <laughs> um, is there buckets of water? Not that you can see. I'll, I'll, I'll run down and take a look. Uh, what's heating the cauldron? Fire. Uh, I'm going to say it's fire. Okay. Uh, oh, can I just ray of frost the source of the fire? Sure. Are you going to go over and sort of become a firefighter? Firefighter crew? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna move a bit closer, and I'm gonna put out the fire with my spooky spooky ghosts. Ray of ghosts. Sure enough. Ray of ghosts. Prue Frost Hammer uses the frost and hammers those flames. Seems the cauldron was left unattended, and during that time, it boiled over and started to catch some of the wood and other elements that fell on the floor on fire. And it was starting to fill up this area with smoke. Luckily, you caught it in time. 
and you use your rays of frost and spend a few minutes freezing up everything, but you're able to control the fire and put it out. Good job. Excellent. So what is in there anyway? Or is it ruined now? What was in there? Mm -hmm. In the cauldron? No idea. Someone could probably try to do an alchemical check if she wanted to. <laughs> I wonder who would do that. Sure, I'll do an alchemical check and I'll wear the fancy glasses. Oh, so does that give you a plus six instead? Is that what your That's right. crafting is? You uh, go a little closer to the cauldron. You spend like ten minutes trying to figure it out using your testing gear. And whatever's in there is completely ruined, so you have no idea what it was. So, unfortunately, you aren't able to determine, but it looks like it was in mid-processing of brewing. So, nope, you do not know. Whatever it was, it's ruined now. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, oatmeal or vitamin C-laden health drinks. I'm wondering if it was more synthetic corpse blood or something. Probably a safe bet it wasn't nice, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. All the other vats, or if you remember, have been overturned and smashed to pieces. Yes. Uh, there's nothing left of those. Um, however, there is one small area to the south. It looks like there's two vats that are still intact, which you can probably still use if you want to check those out. Sure, let's see what's brewing in those. Actually, Prue knows what that is. She looks at it, and she is able to determine that these are general alchemical reagents that an alchemist could use to craft additional items. And there's a fair amount. It's probably worth like a dozen or two dozen gold pieces to the right buyer. Hmm. It's definitely worth keeping then. Would we be able to easily get it out of here and take it back to town? Or is it a little too big for that? These you can carry. These are small enough that you can carry. The uh, chemical gear and reagents to the east in that large room, that you need the cart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we'll be coming back for. And if you remember, you killed those orcs in here. And those orcs also had orc knuckle daggers because everybody has orc knuckle daggers in this in this world, and uh, they also had a ton of potions. You you just have so many potions you don't even know what to do with them. Potions and elixirs, you're just like weighed down with. It's only like twenty now, so it's gonna take me forever to get through all those. It's gonna take you a while. It will take you a while. I'm honestly wondering if it'd be smarter to not sell the alchemical reagents, but if I was to try and craft some healing potions and stuff with it. You can try. I mean, I'm not time. like the best at crafting, but we can always give it a give it a shot. Give it the old college try. Sure. You can actually use your crafting skill. What a weird concept. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll have to look up the math on it, though, to make sure it's not like an outrageously difficult check, but yeah, I might do that. I might try to craft us some heal and stuff. I think it's a DC 15 check. Yeah, and I've got plus six, so I've got about a little bit better than a 50% chance to do it right. Yeah, I got a check. I forgot how the crafting works, but it's, um, I think if you fail, you can still try again. It's really just a matter of days, though. The only problem is I think it takes four days to craft one item. So oh, it could take a while. Yeah. Well, so it might be a little slow. At the very least, we can identify the 20 something potions we got, and that's still pretty productive. You're able to collect after you go through this area. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven orc knuckle daggers, something like 20 potions. You have a small set of alchemical reagents, which you can carry with you. You have the large set of chemical reagents and gear, which you can cart with you. You have that low-grade cold iron dagger you found, which I believe Kate is keeping. The poop knife. <laughs> poop knife. All right, the poop knife. I forgot about that. It's, it's currently wrapped in a uh, uh, cloth, and that cloth is wrapped in another cloth. And that's how I'm carrying it back to town until we can clean it. Is that the new crest 
Don't say crass. The sorat. Now it's 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 a poop dagger in front of a bunch of other daggers in shadow, and then off to the left is me holding my nose. I mean, Celeste has magically cleaned this dagger. It's it's fine now. It's okay. I feel I need to. I mean, I trust your magic, but it's forever the poop dagger. (laughs) Forever unclean. Don't daggers usually get dirty when you use them? Because, you know, of all the stabbing. Yeah, but I don't... That's different. Blood's different. It's cool. It's (laughs) awesome. Poop is not. You're saying poop is not cool. No. That's it. Hey, kids. Poop's not cool. (laughs) Stay in school. Everybody poops, Cade. Yeah, but not on my dagger. Someone did. I think everyone here did poop on that dagger. (laughs) Oh, that's true. That one's at the bottom of the pile. The poop pile. Hey, it's a good knife. You can cast it's like a great some high knife. level prestigitation on it to clean it. Get some... Yeah, can you uh, can you take a whole ritual and like cast a level eight prestigitation uh, on cool. it? So it's that's what it'll take. A, then I will. I feel mean, better. when we level up, I'll have a level two prestidigitation that does literally nothing different. We can get the poop off the knife, but how do we get the poop out of your soul at this point? Uh, I don't know. That's where I feel it. You know, at this point, I feel like anytime he takes it out, I'm going to cast prestidigitation just to soil it again. Wait, Uh can you do that? No, don't. (laughs) No, don't. Wait, how does that work? I've never heard that before. And you use it to make things worse? It's actually kind of handy when you want to hide something. You can put it in a box or a drawer and then use soil on it. It just looks like dirty and dusty, like it's been there a long time. Wow. Well, don't forget the also the wolf fang talisman which was also poop encrusted where is that i've got that attached to the flail because the flail has the trip characteristic so poop flail got it i'm not even worried about it and what about the coins you had eight gold pieces worth of coins of multiple denominations do you just all share them together does everyone get all the Uh, ones properly cleaned with prestidigitation yes Thing is, it money. You never oh, know where it's pile been. of poop. That's true. All no, of we our know, coins we could know be exactly coins. where these coins were. Exactly. Oh. There's plausible deniability with regular other coins. Anyhow, then you have the small stash of coins that were nice and clean that Cade found. He has the set of silver scales, the heap of the notes from the sculptor in Orcish, and then you have the directions. That were in common. That appears to be everything that you can gather that's worthwhile from this area. What are you going um, to do? Go back to town with what we can carry. And oh, we know I have to wait for what's her name for tomorrow well, morning. Yeah, we're meeting Nala in the morning. Um, let's find a good place to to hunker down and go through. I mean, our the biggest thing is how do we get rid of that big blob of acidic whatever that is in the center of the courtyard. I don't know that Can we, we do. use all these alchemical reagents and stuff to like react it away or unreact it or however that works. Most of them are ruined. That's the mm. problem. Um. Okay. Should I just keep blowing it up from far away? I I'd leave it alone. That's that's. But I could I blow do. it up from far away. It didn't work out so well for I think it was Brixley last it time. It only tried didn't to blow work it out for him a little bit. Actually, that was Cade, but yeah, it got Cade, a little to- okay. it got a little toasty. Where were these orcs sleeping? Is what I want to know. They've got all these rooms. There was all these workers in here, but I don't see any bed chambers. They were sleeping. Actually, if you want to know, give me a second. I do, because I might want to sleep there while we wait for morning. There are some nasty-looking hay piles filled with lice. And other items that are crawling, if you wish to nope. use those. Yeah, nope. you changed my mind. In, in this room, this other room with the barrels, is it more of the same? That's the one that you need the cart, but that is gear right, okay. and reagents. And that area is actually kind of dusty. It looks like it really hasn't been used that much. That room is, unlike the rest of this area, not seen a lot of traffic in the last couple of weeks or months for whatever reason. Great. No poop and no lice. So we'll set up in there? Yeah, you could. Stuff around and set up in there. there. Alright, I'll go in there and I'll lay out my bedroll. 
I'll sit down and start reading some of these notes. Okay. Look at that. Someone's actually doing something useful I for a we'd change. Look at those. Huh? Uh, they're in Orcish, so. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to take hours for her to go through these notes. It's uh, They're in a total mess, and they're all over the place in an Orcish. You just, he just gathered them up. We have hours, right? Oh, you do, actually, if you wish. So, yeah, I'll just sit down on a comfy bedroll, and I'll pull out some some trail rations and start going over my homework. Okay. Let us do a chuck. Okay. What are the rest of you doing while Prue is going through the orc notes? Can I just, like, catalog number of vials and things like that and definitely uh, you know I'll that sort of just so we know get organized yes. that way it's easier to load up later when we get the cart well certainly among other things i'll do a bunch of 10 minute rests and heal everybody sure that's a good idea i don't know why that wasn't the first we'll thing probably i also of. go around and use detect magic in all the different rooms just to make sure there's nothing that we missed or at least nothing val- uh, magical that we missed sure so I will say, because we'll go in reverse order, Cade starts cataloging everything he can find in this room, which is actually a good idea since there's so much here and it's all over the place in terms of quality and pricing that you're going to probably need an expert or someone who really knows what they're doing to even come up with a general idea of what this is worth because this is not like a standard equipment. None of your alchemical um, masters in any way shape or form brixley heals everybody back up to max celeste goes through scans with her magic detector in all of the rooms including the poop room finds nothing that is additional magic and has to walk around all the broken vials and foul smelling elements that are coming from what was left of the reagent room and if you go outside and do a little bit of a scan, do you do that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, staying well clear of that horrible puddle, but yeah. So you go outside, and sure enough, that toxic sludge pool, it's huge. So probably you're thinking someone with closeness with nature is better equipped to handle this. This is, this is a very, very large pool and probably dozens of feet deep so this is something that's going to need some expertise and it is strong acid you can smell it and depending on where the wind shifts you have to be careful around it because you can actually get your face burned off if you go too close to it yeah she's definitely staying as far away from it as possible but she'll go into each of those pens and everything and where that fire kitty was and see what she can find other than some little sleeping areas and some food and other items. These uh, these pens are completely empty, and you find no more magic items uh, anywhere in this vicinity of this area. Okay. Okay, you explore the cave. There's no more magic. Prue is carefully going through the notes, mostly written in orc. And sure enough, these are the sculptor notes, and they detail various experiments He's been asked to perform over the last few months. You continuously go through the notes and dissect it. And you find that almost all of those experiments involve evolving permanent mutations in creatures by exposing them to energy mutagens. Something very odd. And while many of these experiments were ultimately successful they had an unintended side effect that the creatures became far too bestial and unreliable to use as minions. You continue to go through the notes for another another hour or two, and you come upon something interesting. You find that about two months ago, something changed, and Villery, who was asking for all those mutations to be carried out, stopped asking him to perform the experiments without offering an explanation. And he decided to take it upon himself to continue the work. But his work was really odd, and he was coming up with extremely varied and unpredictable results. And also, while he was 
attending to his experiments, a lot of the creatures escaped into the wild, which might lead to why some of these creatures have been appearing and that you've been killing <laughs> in the last few weeks. Acid wolves, fire cats. Yeah. Things like that. Stone horses. Electrical squids. Hmm. But it was definitely Villery. Oh, yeah. Yes. Electrical squids. It does say, actually, electrical electrical snake. Electrical snake. I forgot about that electric snake. I did not. You can tell, yes, that these orcs were working specifically with Villery. And in fact, until recently, this was one of her headquarters. And it looks like she left a few months ago. One of the most recent notes says, quote, The coagulant thing is finally taking shape. It might not be what she asked for, but she is sure to be impressed. When it is ready, I will take it to Spite's cradle and show it to the mistress myself. Well, that the I assume the coagulant thing is the blood is the blood ooze that we just fought. Mm-hmm. Now we know where to find Vildry, though. And we have directions to the Spite's cradle, which is, I guess, where Vildry is. Hmm. Well, we should definitely go and confront her. Maybe after a night's rest and a bit of preparation. So a few hours of you going through the notes, it does confirm what you understood is that looks like Villery was using these orcs who were quite skilled in the alchemical arts to come up with a mixture of strange potent mixtures as well as mutated animals to serve as minions. But to what end, I wonder? The destruction of Plaguestone, I suppose. Yeah, but why? Why would you care about that? Well... Well, I mean, revenge, because yeah. wasn't that her um, her mother was the witch that they ran out or killed or whatever? Yeah, they blamed the plague on her. Either that, it's a real estate scheme to drive the property values down. I don't know. They're pretty low at the moment. Yeah, the only thing that seemed to change, and these notes, by the way, go back years. This isn't like a few months of notes. These are years of notes. This has been going on a long time. Mm. And the only thing that changed is about two months ago where she just, just told him to stop, and he just continued to do it on his own. So something obviously has changed in the last two months, what you're not sure. Is there anything else that we know of that happened around that time? I can't think of anything. We might be able to ask back in town. Ask the sheriff or Dalma or the people, you know, some, or the mm -hmm. mayor, you know. Uncle Targi. Mm -hmm. Uncle Targi. You've only been here about a week and a half, so you don't know what would have happened two months ago. That's what I was thinking. All right. Or even the uh, caravan people might know of something that might have changed. Okay. Shame we can't ask Bort. Oh, snap. So, does anyone else read Orcish? I take that as a no. Nope. Not, I do Goblin. So, you might know. It's like, oh, I kind of recognize a few words here and there, but not enough to understand. Yeah, I got Common, Halfling, and Verisian. My first language was Orcish. Okay, so Prue will be the only person who can really go through these notes. Do keep that in mind. So, Prue spends, I'd say, three hours and. By now, you probably want to get a little bit of rest because it's getting late. There's still a lot more to go through. Um, the notes are kind of in a stack, and this was you able to just sort of scan through them, but you might want to spend some more time going through them because you definitely didn't read everything, and they're kind of a mess. So I'm just letting you know, like, this is probably um, several hours, if not a few more days of work, if you want to go through them thoroughly. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. They can wait till tomorrow. I gotta get some sleep. Okay. Anything else anyone wants to get done before Betty Bye? No. Yeah, I think we're all right. Okay, with that, you all go to sleep. And the best thing is, you all wake up. Not dead. Not only do you not wake up dead, but you wake up feeling stronger. Feeling as if you've learned things. Feeling as if... Magically, you became a new level, a level three, if you will, if you want to abstract it. I believe the proper response is, hooray! Now everyone's so quiet. Yippee! 
Does anyone want to explain how they feel stronger, faster, more powerful to their other party members? Yes, I, I feel as if I can act more quickly in a fight with my incredible initiative. Cool. And also my expertise in the forests from my deep understanding of plants and salads has increased. So I have an extra bonus to my survival while amongst the salad creatures of the forest, a.k.a. trees. That's pretty cool. Um, I can go next. Uh, This is a huge level for Celeste because as a spellcaster at level three, I get access to second level spells. So that gives me three new spells, one that's dictated by my celestial bloodline and two that I got to choose. And that's three more spells per day I can cast, all of second level. I also got signature spells where a sorcerer picks one spell from each spell level she knows and you can automatically uh, heighten it if you want um, using up a higher spell slot. So I chose heal um, for my first level one. So now I can do a first or a second level heal, which is pretty cool. And that becomes way more powerful. And uh, the real fun thing I got is with the um, with the skills. So I got a skill bump, which she put into occultism because she's still trying to figure out this amulet and what its actual ties are, its physical ties are, uh, and trying to, you know, uncover the secrets so she can get her and her family out of this sort of doomed contract. Uh, Meanwhile, she also, for her general feat, uh, took additional lore and (laughs) took turnip lore. So all those stories from Winter Targi have really sunken in, uh, and she knows all about turnip lore. And the cool thing about how that feat works is it automatically at third level puts it up to expert. So she is an expert at turnip lore after talking to all the townsfolk and learning all about how to farm them and how to cook them and how to prepare them and what medicinal uses they have. Everything you ever wanted to know about turnips and were afraid to ask. That's right. Now Celeste knows. I'm, I'm not sure I need to learn anything about turnips, but now I know who to go to. She's if I really do. Uh, feeling her roots here, I suppose, in this town. Oh. oh. And then one other thing that's cool with the spells leveling up is that her tried and true produce flame cantrip counts as a second level now, so it does a bit more damage, which is always exciting. Bruce spent too much time in the human lands, and she's kind of started forgetting about her roots. But here, here in this den, we fought a lot of orcs, and they were really honorable. Say what you we will about them, but they didn't let death stop them. And it kind of inspired her a bit. So I used my, my general feat to relearn orc ferocity. And I feel like that's going to really come into play later when I start getting killed again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the time when... I get killed. I'm like, wait, I'm going to orc ferocity and start drinking healing potions. That's coming up, I'm sure. I've also been doing a lot of medicine. (laughs) Uh, So I went ahead and increased medicine to expert because I've been doing it a lot. And I feel like that's going to come in very handy. My spooky ray of frost levels up also, just like Celeste's produced flame. And as a barbarian, I get more paranoid. I look over my shoulder just a little bit more often. It's much harder to catch me flat-footed now. You have to be higher than my level, or you can't make me flat-footed. That's pretty cool. I guess that leaves Brixley. Um, First, just as a simple logistical thing, his lay on hands is once again more powerful. It does does six points per level, so it's now an 18-point heal. Brixley has gotten in touch with his roots in a different way. He has tapped into his gnomish heritage and can now send out little bolts, bolts of lightning out of his hands. Hey! The, uh, it, it's That's specifically, cute. it's the Ancestral Paragon feat, which lets you take an additional Ancestry feat. And the Ancestry feat is First World Magic, which lets him cast a cantrip. That's what That's, I did, too. Yep. Yeah, that's really handy. At half-caster level. Because I, I, tactically, I was thinking having a ranged and or magical attack would be extremely useful. So even if it's less powerful than a traditional, because it's only half caster level, so it's not as powerful, but, you know, it's something. So 
Um, he is also sort of copied Cade, but not exactly. He's taken different lessons from tromping around the, the in the wilderness, and he is now trained in nature. And he has an additional task that he needs to perhaps go back to town to uh, make make an offering of booze to Caden Killeen and make his divine pact. But he is not going to do that here. He's going to do that when we go back to town. I taught Brixley everything he knows about plants. You're all getting very one with nature. I think you're starting to see the power of the plant as it nearly kills you over and over again. Our worst enemies have been murderous kale. Yeah, but I'll still stick to the farmlands instead of the wilds of the world. Let's see, Brixley learned nature. Prue is half ranger. Celeste is now an expert. Kate is half ranger. I'm half ranger. Kate is half ranger. Celeste is like an expert turnip farmer. And Prue just doesn't want to die. I just don't Don't want to die. die. I'm just trying so hard to survive this adventure path. That's really my only goal right now. Everyone's like, I became one with nature. I know about turnips. I'm getting better with forestry. I just want to live. That's it. Can can you let yep. me live, please, somebody? You got a ton of hit points, Prue, though. <laughs> I you really got, It's ridiculous. <laughs> At level three... In Pathfinder 2nd Edition, you have as many hit points as I've seen people with, like, 10th level characters. It's ridiculous how many hit points. Yeah. How many do you have? 50 hit points. Read them and weep, boys and girls. Oh, my goodness. I'm not too far behind. I got 44. So. Ooh, third level character. That's insane. 50 hit points. I'm sitting in a sad 32. Your 32 is pitiful. Look up to me. <laughs> I mean, that's with a 14 constitution. Like, I thought that would be pretty good, but holy mackerel, 55? And then picking up that orc uh, furiosity is really going to make those hit points go even further. And when you rage, it goes to 55. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forget about that. I got plus 11 initiative. <laughs> you you quick. Jeez. That's quick. Well, you know about turnips, Celeste. Don't forget. <laughs> So good. Yeah, you got you got level two spells. Those are going to come in handy. I think they're going to be really cool. Um, how about this? I will share with you the one that I got from my bloodline, but not the other two until they come up in game. So the one I got for my bloodline is spiritual weapon. Oh, and this is another development for me. Um, so spiritual weapon. One of the requirements is you have a deity. Uh, how it works is I, I get this spell because of my bloodline no matter what, but I hadn't picked a deity. I didn't really see Celeste as someone who felt the draw of a deity, um, but I have selected one for use in this spell, and I think it's darn perfect for her. Uh, it's sort of an obscure one. Overnight, probably, while she's sleeping here, uh, she is sort of coming to terms with the fact that, you know, she feels somewhat responsible for this town and whatever had happened to it, you know, due to her noble heritage, she, you know, looks out for the common people and stuff. Uh, but she is visited by this sort of a, this golden retriever dog uh, in her dreams that leads her on this path. Uh, and when she awakens, she named Loris, who's an Agathian Imperial Lord, uh, Agathians are these uh, animalistic-like creatures who live in Nirvana. Anyway, so it's this Imperial Lord whose areas of concern are charity, the disadvantage, and volunteering. The god of good Samaritans. Basically, yeah. So it's like Golden Retriever, you know, deity. Uh, and she's actually called the, the Savior Hound. And her favorite weapon's a short spear. So when I cast spiritual weapon, it will be a little short spear. Uh, and Hilariously enough, her sacred colors are brown and gold, which already matches Celeste's attire. Wow, that's pretty cool. What's the name of this deity? I don't even think I've heard of this deity. It's the Imperial Lord Loris, L-O-R-R-I-S. There's really not a lot out there about Loris. Um, she's mentioned in the Chronicle of the Righteous. Uh, but other than that, you know, she's just one of the uh, various Imperial Lords that people can take. So what's it, a spiritual spear? 
Yeah, so spiritual weapon conjures this. His favorite weapon is, so in this case, a spear uh, that just goes and pokes things for some for some damage. It's a pretty cool spell. So what's it do? It does 1d8 plus... Plus my casting mod. So in my case, it'll be a d8 plus 4, and I'll use the same attack roll that I would if I was just using um, my Produce Flame. On average, Produce Flame is like half point higher or something, but this is force damage, which probably works just fine on everything, especially things like ghosts, and it's per round. So I can spend one action to sustain the spell, and it will just keep attacking and attacking and attacking, and then I can use my other two actions to cast Forbidding Ward or something else, or Guidance, or whatever else I need to do. Cool. Does it go on a different initiative? Uh, it goes when I spend an action to sustain it. And okay. If I don't spend an action to sustain it by the end of my turn, it'll poof away. Uh, it also still uses my multi-attack penalty, so I could sustain it for an attack and then use Produce Flame for an attack, but that Produce Flame would be at a minus five. I saw it pop up on the initiative tracker and I was like, what? Yeah, so it's it's not terrible. It's a, it's a pretty nice attack. I think the biggest advantage of it is, even though it's like a second level spell, it does the same amount as a cantrip, is the ability to sustain it for one action and have it just keep hammering away at something. While I can spend my other two actions dealing with another problem, healing, whatever else I need to two do. Two actions for cure spell. Boom. Efficient. I think it's pretty cool. I also traded out one of my um, first level spells I'd never used, the Purify Food and Drink. Uh, for something a little more actionable, uh, which I'm sure you'll see the next time we get into a scrape. Okay. With that, you wake up, and something strange occurred. You smell something coming from your sacks, from all the potions that you found. You smell something off. Uh-oh. Uh, what is it? I hope it didn't leak all over the place. Brixley, check my sack. Uh, excuse me? My sack, it's stinking. Can you please check it? Uh, fine. I'll check <laughs> your <laughs> sack. You check the stinky leather sack. It's it's all gunky and gooey. It looks like something spilled all over it. It looks like nine of the potions have lost their potency and have sort of disintegrated. You are assuming Jar and all? Yeah, pretty much. It looks like they were infusions and couldn't be used by you guys anyhow. And overnight, they just became inert and just became... They just ate through the uh, glass and just dissolved themselves. So those are gone. Oh, well. All right, well... Didn't affect anything else in the bag other than, well, now Cade's sack is all wet and sticky. Not the first time. And it won't be the last. <laughs> That's got to be worth a few casts of Prestidigitation. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'll just clean that on up. You. Somebody make a Death Star laser version of Prestidigitation and just aim it at this whole forest. It's actually aiming at Cade, because Cade is just... <laughs> I've been really... Disgusting. This is disgusting. You are, you are disgusting. I need mythic prestidigitation, please. <laughs> yes. So, you wake up, and sure enough, you hear outside the hedges a bird call, or something that Nolia was going to use to let her know that you were here. And she's uh, making the sounds. The... I identify the bird call ah yes the the great northern sporkle yes and that sporkle is your sign that nolia's nearby she's by i'm gonna make the return call this is the greatest <laughs> she walks in how is my sporkle she's like you're getting better i uh I noticed you've been awfully busy as I saw, well, all the dead bodies out there. And, well, looks like this entire area has been burned to the ground. I guess you had some issue with the foliage outside. And also the great acid pit. Yes, I'm going to look into that acid pit. And I'm kind of surprised that you feel it was necessary to kill that many trees and bushes. When they attack you, 
Yes. Oh. They, they started it. Oh, in that case, uh, I understand that fully uh, makes more sense. I was just kind of stunned by the carnage. It seemed like you almost took it personally and went out of your way to destroy everything in this area. That was some furious foliage. It got what was coming to it. Well, uh, I'd be curious to find out what you found in this place. Looks like I was right to assume that this was going to be well above my pay grade. She's looking around and sees like all the alchemical reagents smashed to the ground, dead orcs everywhere, dead exploded ice rats, a horse made of stone smashed to pieces. And she's just wondering, what, what happened here? Well, there was a sculptor who decided that he was on going to create all these elements, such as a stone horse and the ice rats, and also this fire kitty. The poor thing is really uncomfortable and thirsty. So if you see it in the wild, it just needs a bunch of water. Um, oh, but I digress. So he, on orders from Villery, went ahead and made all these things. Uh, some poor fellow in the back who... He turned into a blood ooze abomination thing. It was... I don't want to talk about it anymore. Nolia listens to this tale. She's relieved to hear that the orcs are going to be conducting no more experiments in her woods. But she looks around and sort of is shifting through some of the equipment and some of the items here. She's... Going outside, she checks some of the dead creatures and even looks at the pool of acid sludge. And she she doesn't believe that this one laboratory could possibly be responsible for all the blights she's finding. That this this is merely one of many. That there has to be something causing this, some central lab. Did you, did you find anything leading to that? Oh, you mean Spite Cradle? Hmm, Spite's Cradle. What, what, what is that exactly? I haven't heard of that yeah, before. Yeah, we found uh, we found these notes. Uh, the sculptor wanted to go to Spite's Cradle to meet Vildry and present uh, that big, big blood ooze that we had to fight. Apparently that's the central hub of all this. Hmm, she goes on and says, I, I suspect she has been responsible for this all along. And now it's starting to make some sense. She always seemed to have a deep hatred for this place. I never liked her. Now I like her even less. She takes a look at these notes and she's like, Ooh, that's that's fairly far away. That's that's about twenty miles to the west, deep in the hills. You might want to ask about town. I I haven't been that far out before. It's not an area that I know, but it makes sense why I've had so much trouble trying to find it since it's so far outside my jurisdiction. I I try to stick a little closer to Etrin's Folly. Hmm. Our, uh, she looks at you all and says, I, I implore you, for Bort's sake, if not the sake of the woods, uh, will you help me try to end this blight once and for all? Because I can't imagine that this is going to this is gonna end. This is just going to continue, and it's going to continue getting worse and worse. This horrific acid sludge outside. I imagine that's going to start popping up everywhere in the forest. It starts spreading, and before you know it, Etrin's Folly won't be the only thing that's a blight in this area. It's going to be the entire forest, and it'll be forever haunted and destroyed. Oh, I sure hope not. As Prince of the Forest, I will help you in this fight. Ooh, Prince. Who made you Prince? I figured, now that I'm so great with nature, I must be the Prince, the Prince of the Forest. No, this is sticking. Your nickname will forever now be Prince of the Forest. That's correct. With my knowledge of plants and animals and bird calls. And don't forget moss. And moss. It's the natural progression. With my barely a level of ranger, I am the Prince of the Forest. Okay. Prince of the Forest. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. I don't know. Prince is like a noble title passed down generationally. It doesn't really seem appropriate for you to just usurp it like that. Mm, Are you saying maybe I should be some sort of duke of the forest? I'll take that one. Right, but then forest royalty would have to make you a duke. Aren't there fae that control all this sort of thing? She sort of turns to Brixley. What do you call a usurper? That's a fairy tale. 
There's no such thing as Fey. I'm not sure anyone really is the prince of the forest. Uh, then it, it pleases me to be the first. Welcome to you the can forest. Be, you could be the jester of the forest. No, that's a silly... That's a oh, silly, no, that would silly. be appropriate. Yes, jester of the forest. I like no. it. Let's stick with that one. Because I'm, I'm serious about the forest and plants. All right, Duke Trees. Well, we got business to discuss. I'm ready. She goes on to explain how she was able to prevent a few corrupted animals from escaping. But there was nothing too serious. She also was able to find some of those ice rats that you were able to destroy, and she put an end to some of them. Nothing so as impressive as a horse made of stone. But she did see a leopard, which she thought was covered in fire, running fast through the forest. But it seemed to be keeping to itself and fairly harmless. Oh yeah, that was the fire kitty that needs help. It's I thirsty. think we know that cat. Brixley scared it off. I didn't scare him off. I healed him. No, Cade scared him off, I think. Oh, was it? I Duke was... of the Trees scared him off. The Prince of the, the Trees. Prince of the, the Prince of the Forest. The Duke yes. of the Bushes. I'm not the... I'm not the... the Earl of Shrubbery. <laughs> That's correct. Baron of the Grassblades. That's just, oh my, these are all great. But I'm not the, the the king of weird animals, that's for sure. You could be. That's a Yeah, uh, not with that attitude. Unnatural. Nope. Sorry, not my not my jurisdiction. Okay, Jester of Daisies. You still scared the cat away. I don't want to get burned. Well, sometimes in life you just gotta take some risks, you know? That's why I got the poop dagger. Squandering hero points and uh... Nolia asks if you're ready to venture forth. She's looking around, sees like this area is pretty well situated. The alchemical reagents are long gone. They're all inert now. No more fires. She looks around, seems like this area is in pretty good shape. She's a little worried about that very large acid sludge. She's going to try to put some uh, preventative measures so that creatures don't wander too near it. The, the wall of thorns outside is actually fairly fairly well designed although it was probably being used to hide this hideaway this the secret lair it would also serve well to keep any creatures from wandering in here and she thinks she can repair the damage you did fairly easily she does look at Cade, and as you're leaving she shows you like where the little stick was that you could have used to bypass and sort of open up the iris without having to oh i don't know blow it up it was an eyeball on a shrub. It was unnatural. It was gross. Yeah, no, we did this forest a favor. Yeah, that's no, it wasn't an it wasn't an eyeball on you a shrub. You said it was an eyeball. Was just an... You said there was a big gross yeah, you eyeball. Said that. It looked like a big weird eye. It looked like a weird eye. It wasn't an eyeball. It looked like an eye. That's enough. That's all I need. And nothing should have eyes except me. The shape of an eye? Yeah, it was like the shape of an eye made out of twigs and vines and shrubbery. Oh, see, I thought it was actually like a big old eyeball. Like, yeah, gooey and squishy. Yeah, big gooey eye. No, 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 no. It was like, I don't know, like Mystery Science Theater 3000, like when the iris is open. It was like an iris. Oh, Maybe that's a an better iris. Oh, it was more like well, a We all thought iris. the same thing, so this means it's yeah. your fault. Yeah. Right. Look, it's for the best. An unnatural weirdness. Yeah, I think this is on Thorn you. iris. Close enough. Eyeball iris. Eh, we'll go back to the tape and see who's at fault. But I'm going to blame you. Yeah, you'd be wrong. Anyhow. Blame all four. All four. (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna edit this to make sure I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Too late now. I think that episode's released, hasn't it? Nope. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. I'm not crazy. The world is. Friggin' GM gaslighting us. That's not cool. You're gonna be hearing. It's gonna be like Jason's gonna be listening to the episode. It's gonna be like. Yes, you look at the forest, and it looks like an iris. Yes, completely <laughs> natural iris. Yes, it's like, oh, do you burn down the iris? It like doesn't match in like any way, shape, or form. <laughs> It'll actually be the voiceover guy who yeah <laughs> reads the player names. Iris. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. So, what does this thing look like? Oh, see, it looks like 
definitely a bunch of twigs in the shape of an eye eyeball, not an actual eyeball. Oh, so it's an actual eyeball. That's not what I said. Great, I blow it up. Close enough. Hey, we got the job done. All's well that ends well. Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah, did we get yeah. in and kill everybody? Yes, we did. Did we Whoa. fight weird things? There we go. Wow. I think it were just the happy burning things that were vegetation. No. I mean, I do have a, a, a grudge against violent arugula. The Duke of Dirt has decided to move along with Nolia, True Frost Hammer, Celeste, King of Turnips. Sorry, Celeste. Queen of Turnips. Uh-huh. And Brixley. Brixley's just the drunk. <laughs> I clearly need a better... I, I need a better marketing strategy than the drunk. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat! Until next week, always remember, it's all fun and games until the healer runs out of spells.